Welcome everybody, it's your boy, the Versace Stoner, with another episode of VSW. These sons will beat you. That's right, folks. Big news flash. Oh my god! One of the greatest in this game, and one of my favorite all-time people in this game. The Versace Stunner! It's a place like this. I started in a mill. I'm here still in a mill. I consider myself a mill wrestler. Welcome, everybody. It's your boy, the Versace Donor. We're here with another great episode of VSW Podcast. Tonight, we're back in the Kill City talking to one of its fiercest competitors. That is right, David Mercury. And we have him with us today. We're going to talk a little bit about his past, a little bit about what he did, and a little bit about his future. We're going to talk it all tonight here on the VSW Podcast. Thank you. For coming on, David. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. So, um, let's we'll start briefly for the folks that don't know you. Um, what got you into pro wrestling? Like, when when did you start getting into it, into the business oh. wrestling? Oh man. Um. Well, you know, a lot a lot of people have aspirations when they're kids of uh, becoming a professional wrestler. I was uh very fortunate to relocate from New London, Connecticut down to Tampa, Florida into an area that's called Town and Country. Uh, it's part of the Bay Area. And um, fortunate, fortunately, when I was, when we moved, uh, I got to go to school with uh, a kid whose dad was a wrestler and um, slowly but surely with hanging out with him and growing up, um, it just started to become something more and more that I wanted to pursue. And uh, right out of high school, when I finished high school, I uh, started with training in professional wrestling and um, was very fortunate to have uh, some, some people to provide their knowledge and um, me learn from uh, one very special one uh, close to me is uh, Steve Kern. Uh, he's a Florida legend and I was very fortunate to train under him at the School of Hard Knocks with the assistant coach of uh, Jimmy Del Rey that was also there. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I started started training back in 0102. Made my debut in 02, and been doing it ever since, man. Going on 21, going on 22 years in November. I'm trying to think. I'm bringing it back 02. Yeah, so I'm thinking like for the mainstream family, you got you know the attitude ever just is kind of rallied up. You got the ruthless aggression era coming out. Rock Brock Lesnar running rampant. Um, John oh, Cena yeah. making his debuts. Everybody's kind of there. It's kind of funny. 2002, 2003 is kind of when I actually like, I stopped watching pro wrestling. Not, I just got busy. Life just kind of just, the iconic, same thing. I got out of high school. I had aspirations too. I want to be a pro wrestler. I loved it. You know, ever since I was a little kid watching, you know, King Kong Bundy and Hogan and 
Andre the Giant, all these larger than life characters, and then seeing, oh, you know, man. the 90s, all the colorful characters, the fun, you know, Joint the Clowns and all this. And then the Attitude Era, seeing the Stone Cold from The Rock really got you, you know, wanting to be part of this. And um, my thing was, I went in there and, you know, I was lucky. I lived close enough to the um, Kilikowalski School. I went uh, in there. Yeah, I, I went I, in there I, and they have heard. They basically laughed at me just because I was, I'm 5'8". I'm, I'm not, at this time in wrestling, they wanted bigger people, more of stature, more yes, height, more weight. 5'8", no kid, you're not going to make it as a wrestler. Even if I train you, you're not going to go nowhere. Now today is different. You can be, you know, any size. And as long as you know what you're doing, you can go anywhere with it. But um, back then it was a little bit different. So I ended up going like the boxing route and started doing, um, you know, amateur boxing. But so around that 2002, 2003 period, I stopped kind of watching pro wrestling, um, just got busy with life. And then I started watching again, like the teens and then started getting into the indie scene. But, um, it, you know, going back and watching that time in wrestling, it's very exciting because it was such a transition time from, you know, that hectic, chaotic, you know, attitude era that, you know, I was, you know, a teenager in to this more kind of, it's kind of what dictated today's, um, you know, wrestling. It's more of that sport. It's more of that sports entertainment more than ever. You know what I'm saying? It's that next kind of, level that a progression that pro wrestling has followed and you know a lot of the independent scenes a lot of the other scenes they all kind of follow what wwe does um as far as kind of a little guideline you know if they're doing something you know if they're not doing it well maybe we shouldn't you know either or you know or if they're doing it well it's okay um that kind of thing but um yeah you know definitely so you got into 2002 around that time where'd you start wrestling what promotion where'd you go uh well when i Got my first opportunity to make a date, my debut. It was in another little town not far from Tampa called Zephyr Hills. And it was at this place that ran shows every Friday inside a boxing ring, mind you, uh, called, called Joe Bob's. And the promotion that ran out of Joe Bob's Bar and Grill uh, was a promotion called NSW, New School Wrestling. And yeah. uh, I made my debut for them. And slowly, not, not even slowly, man, right right out of the get-go from there, I just started going all over Florida, anywhere I could go that would book me. I was there, um, definitely traveling uh, around Florida for quite some time. Um, also making my way through um, being able to, work for promotions back then and you were right you know talking about that era um you know 2001 2002 i always referred to as you know that buyout and you were right you're definitely right you had to be a big man so i was that guy that was going around trying to work every big man i could possibly work just to get noticed and and hopefully get somewhere with this industry you know but um uh, it, it's been a hell of a ride uh from from uh, wrestling throughout Florida, I've gotten opportunities to, you know, expand and go to the Northeast, uh, wrestled through Maine and Jersey, uh, also did Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Uh, Where were you at? Um, I mean, I'm from Mass myself. Where'd you wrestle out in Mass? Uh, it, it was uh, a promotion that prim primarily runs in Maine, but they did uh, Lynn. Lynn, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. 
and we we did a show over there, which that was my very first time wrestling in a ring uh, smaller than a 16 by 16. I actually wrestled in a 14 by 14 called a pony ring. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, being uh, six foot, you know, you, you get tossed from one corner, your feet are definitely hitting the other. Uh, that was quite an experience on that show. Um, oh, just got back from wrestling in Jersey for uh, Shore Star Wrestling. Uh, got to wrestle my my old tag team partner who relocated up to Jersey um, just recently. And uh, it, was, it was quite an experience, to say the least, about that show. Very, very interesting. But, you know, man, we've talked a lot about this wrestling but we got to get out to the power hour, which is Kill City Cup. This was Most very, definitely. this was a very unique, unique project that I got to be a part of. At first, I was uh, just thinking that it was just a, a normal booking that was going to be, you know, just recorded and everything, and um, I was just going to have like you know one match. But uh, another kind of Pandaric era kind of taping, but it was something a little different than that. Yeah, it was, it was, and man, I'll tell you, like I said, when I got there, um, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, some, some studio uh, style shooting of wrestling, and, you know, I'm, I'm starting to look, and here I see uh, Brian Cage getting, you know, his prosthesis attached to his face, uh, there's this guy running around in a jumpsuit, and then I see my old friend Leon, and then the guy with the jumpsuit keeps jumping around. And I'm like, who is this guy? And then the guy in the jumpsuit was Luke Roberts, the mastermind of this whole thing. <laughs> he starts telling me. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm Mercury. I'm the I'm the guy. And he goes, oh, oh what's up, man? How you doing? And uh, it, we instantly hit it off. Really good, uh, really good energy. He definitely started. Yeah, running. Luke's a, Luke's a cool guy. I mean, I I'm I'm from the Northeast. Like I said I'm from Mass, so I've seen a lot of you know I watch a lot of wrestling. Obviously in Mass, I've been out to Jersey. I've gotten you know down to Jersey. I've seen you know Wrestlers Laboratory, a bunch of the Ridgefield shows. Um, I've been as far as all the way to the H2O Center on the edge there. Um, we did the IWTV 100. And then, you know, the next favorite place I like to watch wrestling is Maine. Love Maine. Love Limitless and all the other promotions. Larry Huntley, he has a promotion out there. And I've, you know, been a big fan of Luke Robert and, you know, seeing him on the um, the independent scene, you know, in the tag team division, you know, um, with with Paul. And, um, you know, I remember seeing him in awesome, like, chaotic wrestling. And the guy just dazzled me. Like, just, he was doing moves that I've just never seen. Like, I remember one spot he like ran like hopped on two dudes backs did like a backflip off the wall and then like landed back onto the ground I was like, who is this guy like and yeah. you know and, and should be known you know his partner got injured and you know things happened but then all of a sudden i started seeing you know kind of little blips and blips of this kill city and i'm like okay this is definitely different i love different like you know some of my favorite shows have been different on um, fear the gay agenda you know some of these other shows that don't even take you know place in a wrestling ring um you know oh, that take place in halls and stuff you know some of the the shows that came out in like 21 that just you know, like i said like no peace underground put out. i i like that kind of feel to it so i started seeing something like wow this is good so then i watched them like wow i was mind blown i mean i've watched it probably now like 15 maybe 16 times in total because it's, it is such just like 
one of my favorite, not just wrestling shows, but like a favorite movie. It's it's yeah. more than just it's more than just like you know your local pay per view or a tape. Like that, I can only maybe watch like two or three times. This is something that's like it's like my favorite movie. I kind of watch it, you know, like maybe once a week because like sometimes I pick up different things. Um, I pick up things that weren't there prior. You know, like I said, I'm just paying attention to different aspects because there is a lot to take in between all the characters. And what's going on? It's something totally different that I don't think the world has ever seen in the wrestling industry, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a unique product. I've used that um, time and time again when talking with Lucas about how unique it was and what what a vibe it definitely had. And when we're working through and putting it together, oh man, it was just it was just out of this world. Um, and then really being able to meet and talk with Matt Seidel, Chris Silvio, both of them as well. They were part of the project. Uh, man, oh, my match with Natalia, the zip-faced monk. <laughs> good stuff, oh, good stuff. Um, I was actually watching that with my kid. I was actually watching that with my kid today. He just turned five. and I So now I let him watch a little bit more wrestling because now he understands that he doesn't have to actually beat me up. But um. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we were, I was watching that match today and he was like, oh, who are these guys? And I was like, I'm going to be talking to one of these ladies. Like, you're going to go there. I'm like, maybe he's like, oh, be careful. It does not look safe in Kill City. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were actually, I was watching that match really. And just like, you know, like I said, just the characters coming out, the way they come out, everybody's vibe, the lighting, just down to the lighting and the way the shadows are playing. It, it's very cinematic but also good wrestling yeah you know that sometimes is. sometimes you'll get a show that will have bad wrestling but good cinematics that kind of hide the bad wrestling yes. other shows you'll have really good wrestling but really bad storylines or everything so it's almost just like a technical show this is just a beautiful merge of both it's just almost perfect i mean yes. it, 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 between the cast and like I said, just everything, the way the shots are done, I'm big into cinematography as well. And like just the way some of the shots were done and just, you know, the videography and it is just amazing. It stuns me. Um, and it especially stuns me because it's part of also a wrestling show. It's not just like some, you know, independent horror film that was filmed, you know, by a couple of college kids. It's, it's actually, you know, a functional independent pro wrestling promotion that is a movie that, you know, serves multiple purposes. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, that took place down there. Now, I don't know. I've heard rumors perhaps they're going to be doing some more work with that. Um, anything about that? Uh, I, I know, I know Luke Roberts has been in the kitchen cooking. Uh, he's been putting things together left and right. Um, as for him physically putting out, uh, any type of a script or anything that I am not aware of. Um, but if he is, if he is cooking something, I really hope that, uh, I'm, I'm able to bring the David Mercury character or Dr. Mercury, uh, back into this, uh, into this movie and be a part now, of it. And now tell me about Dr. Mercury. I want to know more about Dr. Mercury. You know, I'm a big character, but I like to see these dark characters come to life in screen. Um, is this somebody that you normally wrestle as when you wrestle? Or was it someone that you specifically brought to Kill City? Okay, so the doctor himself, that is um, the entity of what Kill City um, 
you know, had going with the script. Uh, normally on my, on the independent level, um, my character goes by the technical alchemist, David Mercury. And uh, I do don the lab coat and I have the glasses. And I, I do have uh, a variety of masks. I don't just have the one that I use for Kill City. I have a couple of other ones that I, I swap around with, but um, I don't wrestle in the lab coat. That thing is hot as hell. And uh, <laughs> that lab coat that I had in that movie, I actually, after filming that movie, I retired it. I now have that that lab coat in in one of my uh, in in my closet uh, with my other ones that I have. But um, yeah, I don't now a movie pro- now a movie prop. That's memorabilia movie prop now. <laughs> exactly, and I'm and I, I do like um, I, I'm big into cinema uh, cinematics as well. Uh, and now being able to have, you know, those mat the, the masks that I had in that movie with those goggles and the lab coat with the video and everything kind of retired in a glass display case. I'm actually, you know, that I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, but yeah, so with my character, the technical alchemist, um, uh, throughout wrestling, I've always been a good technical wrestler. And now I tell a story as I'm looking for, you know, the next brave participant, you know what I mean, who can outlast my experiment. And normally I, when I wrestle, I, I, I'll either, you know, pick a body part and work it, break it down scientifically um, and explaining what I'm doing to the audience as I'm wrestling up wrestling the guys and normally when it comes to uh beating my opponents i normally get them with some type of a uh unique pin that goes with the body part that i'm working so you can see it all put together and normally those pins they come out of nowhere you know what i mean it'll be a counter or something for what another uh, wrestler does uh my character pretty much is using science to play chess and yeah. and, and to de- determine his outcome using his scientific wrestling. I like that. I like that. Um, you know, cause I mean, I did grow up in an era where, you know, there was, you know, a lot, yes, big guys wrestling, but there was also, you know, these technical guys like Bob Backlund and, and yeah. other just great, um, you know, technical wrestlers that would get out there, you know, even like, and a very underrated one is Greg Valentine. He would go out there and just tear, you know, his opponent's knees apart until he could stick the figure four on them and make them tap. He wasn't the most exciting wrestler to watch, but if you watched him, he was a super technical wrestler and he was very solid and very sound. Yes. Um, you know, yes. things like that is also what I grew up with, not just, you know, the big, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and Warrior, you know, running wild. I also liked, you know, um, because I am a fan of, the bad guys of wrestling or the heels, you know, I, I ended up watching a lot of different guys. That a lot of people didn't pay attention to because they, you know, were always rooting for them to lose. Um, this gave me the kind of experience to kind of, you know, get different angles on, um, you know, how characters work in the wrestling world and how, you know, what their kind of, you know, moves are. Um, I do like that, you know, and, and there isn't a lot of technical. I see a lot of, you know, on the indie scene today, a lot of people trying to, you know, now, you know, go back to almost some of the um not so much the danger of you know the hardcoreness but the jumps the stunts they want to do flips they want to get back into that you know they want to show their athleticism on it. 
They've, you know, yeah. gotten into athlete shape, so they want to show it off. So it's a lot of athleticism and, and a lot of the wrestling, you know, the core wrestling is kind of like, oh, it's kind of disappeared. Now you're seeing a whole different moveset. So it's good to see people still using that, you know, original kind of, you know, mindset of, well, you know, I'm going to work this body part until I can wear them down, you know, telling that story, you know, it, it, it for me, it makes it more realistic. Cause again, coming from a boxing world, you know, that's what you would do, you know, I'm going to, well, this guy's got a weak, you know, whatever. So you would be, you know, working that side until he finally just caves and falls, you know, and that's kind of, you know, what your character is doing. So to me, that's the more realistic style. Um, so it, it makes it more entertaining for me. Yeah. And that's, that's what I try. I try to bring a little bit of that, that old school um, kind of vibe, but I do from here from time to time, throw in some high impact maneuvers and, if I'm feeling froggy, I have been known to, you know, do stuff off the top and uh, yeah, no, of course, the outside. But it all it always depends on what type of opponent that I have in front of me that that uh, marks for those occasions. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Some things just look better against certain you know types of people rather than you know um, everybody. Um, you know, yeah, so, you know, your work, your work to kill City Cup, you know, and obviously it's gaining um, momentum. And I think, you know, that's what, I mean, basically that's what kind of is going on now while he's cooking. You know, it's just gaining momentum. It's getting noticed. Um, you know, you guys are also on IMBD, which is great. Um, you know, part of the movie world actors. Um, but um, that can't be the last time you've wrestled. You must be getting into something now, right? Oh, well, you know, speaking of, of- of upcoming shows uh next saturday i will be in sanford maine uh Ooh. doing a show for uh supernova wrestling they're presenting their event called feeding frenzy and i'll be taking part in a triple threat i'll be taking on the blade bandit and um i think he goes by the super icon tony clash and um, I'm looking forward to this because I uh, coming up and working for Supernova, I've been coming up for them now. This will be my third event with them. Uh, you know, meeting some of those guys up there. You know, I'm starting to I'm starting to take to them, and you know, we we communicate even when I'm not up there and trying to help them out with what anything they may need. Um, you know, whether it's critiquing with wrestling or anything like that. Um, but it, it's next next Saturday, August nineteenth in Sanford, Maine. I'll definitely shoot you the the, uh, the yeah. Event. Definitely shoot me all the info. Um, you know, if you have, I don't know if you have a pro wrestling teach. You know, um, if you sell merch, if you got any of those yeah. kind of links, any links you got, you know, send them my way. I'm gonna put them all into you know the info about this, so everybody can just you know grab the merch. Grab stuff, see where you're wrestling, kind of, you know. I like to really promote the people I bring on the show and, you know, get them noticed outside of um, my area. Because sometimes, you know, it's not just about the locals now, you know. Things are getting streamed more and more, and independent wrestling is getting out more and more. You know, you got lovely platforms like IWTV to, you know, the whole country can see you wrestle. Um, yeah. And then yeah. you got YouTube is another great asset now that's being used for wrestling, where shows are being broadcasted, some, you know, even live. Um, and that's great because not everybody, you know, you know, it, it doesn't take them, you know, all the money that it used to take to kind of get your product out there. You know, it used to take a lot to get all this crew and this. Now, if you're just a little bit tech savvy and you can get some internet equipment, 
you can get you can get it out there pretty easily and decent. Yeah. Um, and the turnaround times to get these things out is much quicker. You know, I used to see them, you know, take months later to see the product. Now, you know, it's a couple of days and the event's up somewhere, which is oh, yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful. I mean, I'm a big, like I said, I mean, I've gotten back into wrestling, you know, full steam, you know, I had back in like 2017. And, you know, it was through an indie promotion around here called NCW. Um, I saw a bunch of, you know, great, young, talented people, um, and it just kind of sparked my passion to get back into it. Again, I fell in love more with the characters. Um, you know, I saw these fun characters that it was just, you know, you had, you know, mad scientists and, you know, superheroes and just yeah. all these just kind of, you know, just fun people. And the, and the great part about the indie scene for me is it's very tangible. You know, you can go and, you know, I saw that guy wrestle. Most likely, you know, he's going to be an intermission, you know, and I can go and shake his hand. I can say, hey, what's up? I can get a picture from my profile. And, you know, that's what kind of got me into all this. You know, I saw yeah. these things were tangible. And, and, you know, when 2020 hit, you know, everything kind of just came to a dead halt. Oh, Wrestling yeah. was dead, you know. I mean, I don't know how you weathered, if you had bookings, but, you know, everybody that had them up this area in, in mass got shut down. Yeah. You know, we didn't have pro wrestling. It wasn't for, you know, 2020 and when, when it hit, they shut everything down. And, and then we started to see some tapings come out of like um, Beyond Wrestling, Limitless Wrestling and stuff the following year in 21, early in 21. Um, people with schools were able to start doing private tapings and stuff. So we had a whole lot of time without wrestling. And I, you know, I so I started this idea, you know, let's get, you know, talking to a lot of the guys, let's get eyes and ears on the product. And when this thing comes back, you know, let's make these, you know, scenes really big. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and it was, you know, those first shows back were amazing. The fans coming back into it was just great. Um, and everybody was just, you know, just wild about just being back with, you know, live fan wrestling. Um, you know, I never really superly got back into the mainstream wrestling, although I, you know, I do like WWE for its heritage and it's, you know, I'll watch TV, you know, and check it out. And I like Roman Reigns and I like a lot of the, um, but for me, it's a lot of the heritage um, and I like AEW, I think it's fun, but the most exciting thing for me about mainstream wrestling now is seeing who's going to be on these shows and who I just saw, you know, last week in the indie scene, because a lot of people in the Northeast be moving very fast to get on these shows, AEW, WWE, you know, where they're picking people up left and right. And I'm sure, you know, down in Florida, it's the same thing, especially being so close to NXT and all that. You know, you get these guys that just can get on shows because, you know, they're so local and they're working and it's, it's great to see it. You know, it's great to see people that, you know, you, you see one day in a, you know, VFW Hall on TV the next. Oh, yeah, man. It's 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 definitely come back full force, man. And uh, I'm watching the next generation getting turned out and uh, going out there and, and, and making wrestling fantastic. Like, it's just, it's really great time to, to be a part of the industry now. I mean, I wish I could get back 10 years just so i could ride another 10 years to see where it goes from here uh because man it, it definitely went full circle from when i started it it was the valley of the big men and then slowly but surely things started to turn around and then boom like you said we got hit with covid and you know parts of the country there was no wrestling uh ring of honor was still around because they were doing the bubble and they were yeah. having guys in there 
and and during that time it was it was really something because just just before COVID hit, um, I started coaching and and training uh, alongside Jay Lethal, and he was running his school at the time called the Lethal Academy, and, yep. and we we got in it together, started working, uh, and then COVID hit, and everything came to a halt. But uh, after you know they started opening things up, and we were able to. Uh, take our one facility and kind of have another one so that way we didn't have so many people in one spot and you know what I mean everything was still spread around because they were cracking on the whole COVID thing yeah having uh, too many people in one spot was an issue so you had to have you know you could spread it out less or better and we had and we had to be careful you know Jay himself had to be careful because um you know him having to go into the bubble he couldn't risk uh, catching anything so we it was a time where we really had to play play our cards right and play them well so that way you know he was still able to go out there and perform and he, even you know having opportunities myself of going and doing some uh, it's actually how I got my first opportunity in in Boston with Supernova um, was when he brought me into his one of his events that he did do in a wrestling school where it was um, it, it, that was it it was just what he recorded and the the wrestlers and we all kind of had to be spread out a little bit it was it was quite interesting then but uh it was you know, a very now, scary time though because i mean I, I mean to be honest i was kind of nervous for a lot of p- people because at the time you know at first you know nobody really knew what we were getting into you know you know people didn't know if this would be a week a month whatever but you know as the months went on you know and then you start seeing you know the post and you start seeing you know, things happen and, you know you just getting scared a lot of promotions you know didn't come back a lot of people still haven't come back you know to wrestle i know people that retired I know, I know. After, you know, in 2020 they retired or just have kind of disappeared off the scene and never really came back um you know so it was kind of a scary part too because you know why it was cool because granted i'll say for myself you know i i became kind of friendly with a lot of wrestlers um personally in a way um so you know on social media so you know when they were in 2020 when a lot of them were home you know a lot of them were just hanging around so you know you could talk to a lot of your favorite wrestlers and kind of chill out and everybody was kind of chill but at the same point you were kind of nervous you know these guys you ever gonna see them again um you know there's a lot of uncertainty with it um but when i you know i started like you know i saw the um first tapings and i started seeing you know rosses and people and more people getting involved and you know, more of my favorite superstars coming back into it. I'm like, okay, this is better sign, a good sign, you know. It is good. But, you know, going back, looking at it now, it was very kind of scary when it did hit. Because, like you said, you know, you had to play your cards very right. Or, you know, you, you, you know, especially in the early days, nobody wanted to get sick. The illnesses were a lot different than they are now. You know, it was a lot more um, severe. You know, me and my family caught it early on, kind of. And, you know, we were out of commission for almost, you know, three weeks. Um you know, and that might be, you know, not a long time, but for an athlete that, you know, is working every weekend or whatever, it's a long time to be out, especially with, you know, when you can't go to the gym, you can't keep up with your physical fit, you know, it was a very scary time. Yeah, you know, and even the people that, you know, you know, weren't doing that, you know, they weren't getting gym time, they weren't, you know, the biggest problem out here is nobody was getting ring time. Um, Nobody could even get, you know, to run the ropes even. Um, unless you owned a ring, 
and you know, a few people do, and they threw them in their backyard. They could do it, but I mean, unless you owned the ring or the schools, they weren't. It wasn't happening. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there was underground shows, and we heard rumors of you know people running shows that they shouldn't have been running. But I mean, for the <laughs> most part, yeah, it was crazy. People were running like bootleg shows. Um, but um, now I'll never forget. I, I went to one show during when everything came back. It was all the way in New York. I ended up um going to one of MV Young shows and um. He's trying to run some like Woodstock show and he had it in the backyard. And all of a sudden, like everything was going fine. He had ring, music, everything. And then cops came, everything got shut down. Everybody had to go home. Like it was over. And all the talent had to go home. That's crazy. It was crazy. And I felt so bad for the guy because A, he had to refund talent. B, he had to refund his sponsors. Like, because I was, you know, at this time I was sponsoring a lot of the promotions because, you know, that was my way of kind of helping them get on their feet. You know, so I was sponsoring a lot of the promotion, you know, 50 here, 100 here. He had to pay back sponsors. Like, plus he had to deal with, you know, getting some of the transport back. It was nuts. Um, but, you know, like I said, I did travel a lot during that 21 year to see a lot of that Jersey wrestling. Um, you know, even got out to GCW a little bit and then all the way up to Maine. We went to New York too. We went to the um the rebirth of um XPW. That was interesting. Um, you know, different things like that. I like different wrestling. I mean, I although I like you know the regular run of the mill. When I see different shows, the shows that are different, um, you know, it really piques my interest more because it's just showing you know that wrestling doesn't just have to be this one way. It can be you know a creative way. You know, there was shows during the pandemic era I saw that like had no commentary for instance but combined you know like mozart with pro wrestling beautifully cinematically <laughs> done and it was just you know amazing I, I forget the promotion but there was a lot of creativity that came out of 2020 and um you know and that's kind of you know what, what when i saw killer cup i was like oh this is a taping that's nice but i haven't seen a taping like this in you know since that 2020 era you know since that pandemic era because you know now once live shows who's gonna waste time on tapings you know, everybody was problem. You know, everybody was bitching about the tapings that you know. Yeah, it took a whole day. You had to get everybody together. They liked running live shows more. So when I saw the tape, I was like, "Ooh, this is nice taping." And then when I realized, "Wow, this is more than just a tape. It's a full movie." <laughs> um, you know, this is a whole story told in you know an hour's time through the art of pro wrestling. Um, and you know, again, that's what you know kind of sparked me again with the kill cup because i mean for a while i was kind of stale on pro wrestling too just because the independence scene was kind of just very for me very stagnant everything kind of the same um you see the same guy if you go enough and a lot and often or watch often you'll see the same guys very often so when i saw you know the roster for kill city come i seen that you know it's not the local roster i'm like wow but you know then you see names like brian cage and you know not for nothing but it's like jimmy james they had natalia Mikulovich from NWA. Like, yep. he just had such an array of talent. That but, like, my wife, she doesn't really like pro wrestling at all. She she doesn't really. She used to when she was, like, a kid. But if there's one person she mocks out for, she owns, like, five shirts, is, is Brian Cage. She loves Brian Cage. She follows his Instagram, follows all stuff. So when she heard Brian Cage's name be dropped, she even watched Kill City Cup. And she doesn't really, I can't get her to watch anything. So, I mean, like, so I'm saying, like, there's something in it for everybody. Um, whether you're a wrestling fan, a horror fan, movie fan, you know, something for everyone. Um, you know, like, like I said, it's just, it's just a lot of, um, it's a lot of fun in seeing that. And you know, like you said, you know, when you were, um, 
know, obviously, you know, in that 2020 era, you know, what was, um, I would like to say, what was your like number one obstacle? Did you find any obstacles getting back from the pandemic, like coming back into the industry? Oh, wow. Oof. Oh man. I mean, well, where do I begin? Uh, uh, one of my, I mean, besides doing, you know, the wrestling and when COVID hit at the time too, uh, my, my everyday job, I worked at a gym. So that kind of, I got hit hard during COVID, man. It, it really, it really sucked. I was doing a lot of outdoor stuff, just trying to stay afloat, man. But once, uh, once they opened up the floodgate, you know, and they were letting these live shows happen again, um, I, I was able to gain some real good steam and just start getting shows left and right. I was very, very fortunate that, uh, you know, with the, with, with the network that I have here in Florida and the people that I know, uh, it, it was, it was, I won't say that it was easy, but it, it wasn't as hard as most. So I yeah. have to say, I'm, I'm very grateful for a lot of the relationships that I have built in the last 21 years, uh, wrestling here in Florida and, and, and making the name for myself that I have, because, um, once people started running shows again, it was, it was kind of easy just to get back into to it. Get those bookends and get where you had to be. And everybody was like, Oh, Hey, we know him. He's real live. Let's get him on. Let's get him on. Let's get yes, him on. Yes. Yes. I, I was, I was very fortunate for that. And then, um, to top it off, you know, um, it was, it was good to still have a little content to promote for myself. Uh, when I had the opportunity to go to Boston and do that, that closed show. And, um, yeah, like it, it was, it was something, man. But I was, like I said, I was very fortunate with the people that I know in this industry that when things came up, that they kept me in mind. Uh, that's what I, I was real ha happy about. Well, that's great. And, you know, it also speaks, you know, a lot about you and yourself as, you know, a human person in the industry, if, you know, because, you know, this industry could be, you know, a very cutthroat industry. It can be very yes. dark. I look yes. at the dark side of the ring. It is a very, you know, it started in a carny and, you know, it, some of it can still be very carny. Um, yes. but there is loyalty in it. And when you are a good person, it does shine. It does show through. So that's good to see. And it's good to hear, you know, because yes, not everybody does get those breaks. I mean, like I said, some people I saw never came back from the pandemic, which was sad. And I still don't know what they had to say. And I mean, I'm hopefully, you know, I wish them the best. I don't know if they got, you know, sick. I don't know if they just changed your heart or some people just yeah. got scared to come back. Some people didn't want to get sick. Some people still don't want to get sick. Um, you know, it, it really changed a lot of people's outlooks on life. But, um, you know, I'm glad to see that, you know, you were able to bounce back with somewhat of ease um, and, you know, get to where you are today, you know, make it to Kill City Cup, you know, continue to go to Maine, you know, to Supernova and all these, you know, great places that you're going to be doing soon. And, um, you know, it's a very exciting time, like you said, for pro wrestling. It can go in many directions and it's just kind of a ride that we all got to kind of sit and watch um whether you know your podcast and whether you're in the game whether you're you know just even just a plain old fan or just watching it on tv there's so much um you know change like you said from that big man era to what it is today just from character involvement to social involvement to what wrestling even is to some people you know it's 
To some people, it's not wrestling. It's an art. It's a form. It's it's a way to tell a story. It's, you know, another way like singing a song. No, I don't sing. I'm not a rapper. I'm a wrestler. I, you know, I do my storytelling through my character and my, you know, in-ring work. There's so many different aspects of pro wrestling now that just weren't there in the past. And it's great to get, oh, yes. you know, these kind of, you know, shows like Kill City and, and other great just creative um, ideas, you know, in the public and be seen and show that, you know, wrestling has something almost for everybody. Um, it really does. Yep. Um, you know, but I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come in on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, like I said, you know, um, we're going to put all those links of where people can find you. But um, if you want to go tell them now, with, you know, if you have social media links, um, ramble them up, you know, tell them where to find you, like on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever. Awesome. Awesome. Well, majority of my um, handles all start with the Technical Alchemist DM for Twitter. Uh, for Instagram, it's David Mercury, and also with uh, Facebook, it's David Mercury as well. And you can go on and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, that's also, you can find me at The Technical Alchemist. Uh, and if you are in the main area, it's Sanford, Maine, please come check me out at uh, Supernova Wrestling when they present Feeding Frenzy. And then on Sunday, August 20th, you will find me back in Florida. I'll be in Palmetto where I'll be wrestling for Universal Championship Wrestling when they present Battlestar. And it's only there where um, you can behold my technical alchemy is upon you because there is no escape for the brilliance that awaits. <laughs> Thank you very much. Having, uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully with Luke Roberts, he's going ahead and he finishes up something so we can have ourselves a Kill City Cup 2. And uh, hopefully the doctor, David Mercury, will be a part of that special project. Thank you again for having me, my man. Can't wait. Have yourself a great night. You too, my man. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody at home, for watching. I hope you two have a great weekend. Versace Stoner out. <laughs> thank you very much for.